Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. I like your yellow t-shirt. Thank you. Very yellow. Rowan has a favorite color now. You like, and it's blue. So <laughs> fuck him. This is his least favorite color. That's why I'm wearing it. His favorite color is yellow. Mm-hmm. And we decided to wear yellow shirts today because it's his favorite color. I pulled out the only yellow t-shirt I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wore his only yellow shirt. Mm-hmm. I wore my only yellow shirt. And mm-hmm. then we traded. Oh, wow. That's fun. Yeah. 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 And this one is his. That's right. It's a little tight. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, my job mm-hmm. is doing a biggest loser weight loss competition thing. Really? Uh-huh. Really? Yes. Can jobs do that? Can companies do that? Evidently. I couldn't tell you exactly how. But I feel like this treads dangerously into some sort of HR territory. Yeah, they're doing it pretty well, actually. We got this new HR guy in and he's he's running this and oh, okay. he's he's actually pretty solid. OK, he's, he's good. He has like so like they're doing it. So like you have to weigh yourself on this a scale that they're getting mm-hmm. um, at a certain in a certain week. Mm-hmm. You have to then send it to one of the judges Okay. So the only person who will know your weight will mm-hmm. be one person. And there are multiple judges and you can choose which judge it is. I was like, is that judge your boss? <laughs> no, that judge is, is the guy the- who signs the checks getting the email with everyone's weight. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a kink he has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're going, it looks like they're going off of like total percentage of your weight. Okay. So like, wait. So whoever loses the largest percentage okay. of their mass. Yeah. Isn't that how the biggest loser usually works? I don't know. Isn't I've never seen it. What losing weight is? Well, no, because generally you lose pounds, right? Right. Which is not a percentage of your weight. One pound is not 1% of your weight. No. Unless but, you weigh 100 pounds. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I, I get it now. Okay, gotcha, right. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And there are going to be, there's like a ton of potential winners too. There's like a first through third place. And then there's like, who loses 5% of their weight the the quickest? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's like one for whoever gains the most weight. Wow. And that is a year's yeah. supply of Tasty Cake? Is that what that is? <laughs> Should be. Should be, right? Yeah. But I feel like I've got... The most potential to lose weight. I was like, I was like in either direction or I think that's what you should do. I think if if you should get a feel for how the competition is going and halfway through, if you're not going to win the most weight lost, then just just start tanking it in the other direction. (laughs) Go the other direction. Because you could you could easily turn that one around for yourself. Yeah, easy. No problem. You could could over the past couple of months i stopped working out and started eating more did you really in preparation for preparation for this yeah you want to yes you're like you want to that's that's actually really smart that's strategic Mm -hmm. bump yourself up so that the percentage lost is like so my body has no choice but to be like oh thank god we stopped eating nothing but mcdonald's right thank god he's decided to get up off the couch i actually put in the grubhub delivery instructions Mm -hmm. the door is unlocked just bring it to me. Yeah. I can't afford to lose any extra calories going to the porch. The door is unlocked. The couch is just inside. Stay if you want. <laughs> Netflix is on. That's right. In fact, I'm just going to have my mouth open. And you just come in. Fork. No, wait, no. Hang on. Rephrasing. Yeah. Phrasing. 
don't don't say that after I say I'm going to have my mouth open. Anyway, just shove the nuggets right in there. Just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it a game. Yeah. See if you can flick them from the door. <laughs> See if you can, you know, you're like a living cornhole. <laughs> just your nickname in college. Yeah, the living cornhole. It was. Yeah. We should make a movie. Night of the Living Cornhole. Oh, that that'd be a very interesting movie. I bet. Yeah. I feel like that yellow t-shirt would work really well for the living cornhole. How are you? You know, living the dream. <laughs> Crushing it every single day. Every second of every single day. Is it your will to live? Oh, that's that's a fine powder at this point. That I able I'm able to snort up my nose like Yeah. The finest cocaine. Which well, life would be a lot better if I had. So if anyone listening has a hookup, be sure to send it in to the media lunch break at gmail.com. We should wrap this up because uh, I might have to poop the show. You I your- went to Arby's. Speaking of having to poop, I went to Arby's over the weekend. They were supposed to have this thing you could buy for two dollars. It's a keychain called the keys to the cheese. <laughs> and you're supposed this is a real thing. No, there's not. This is something you thought up in a dream. <laughs> It gives you a dream brought on by meat sweats from Arby's. (laughs) Hear me out. Okay. Two dollars for this keychain gives you unlimited free um, dipping cheese cups for 2024. What? So I went early at like 11 in the morning and got lunch with Rowan. Which, by the way, for those listening who don't know, 11 in the morning, Arby's time is pretty early. (laughs) But for lunch, it's like crack of dawn, dude. Yeah. And so what is what happened with the saga of the keychain? Oh, they didn't have it and they didn't know what where it was or what was going on with it. And it just it was supposed to only be sold that day. Did you bring it up on like online and be like this thing, this thing? They knew what it was. Oh, okay. You made it. I just didn't know what was going on. Okay. They were like, we don't know where the truck is. It's it was supposed to be here. Sorry. Try again another time. But also the nearest Arby's to me is a 30 minute drive. So I'm like not going to just and I've tried calling, mm-hmm. but I just get an answering machine, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say in the year of our Lord 2024, which that you got an answering machine or that you called an Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to both of those is yes. By the way, the color of the shirt has taken on a new nickname, and your new nickname now is Beef and Cheddar, because that makes it look like cheddar. You're going to say Keys to the Cheese. Keys to, you know what? Third nickname. Congratulations. <laughs> Why not even say anything? Keys to the Cheese, baby. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and get the keys to the cheese, baby. My name is Chris Treble. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, keys to the cheese. <laughs> cheese and rice. Nope, I'm not changing it. Don't try and make it Oh, better. no, that was me trying to say Jesus Christ, but with cheese and rice. Mm, well, with that keychain, you'll finally be able to have some cheese and rice. I wish! Yeah, yeah. This is bullshit. It is bullshit. I gotta, there's one near work. I gotta go in and see if they have it. You know what? Here, I'll do this. Should I contact corporate? Yes. Which corporate? Any corporate. Arby's. Oh, all corporates. Just call any corporate office for anything. No, contact Arby's corporate and be like, hey man, I went to my Arby's. They didn't have the thing and I want it. My nickname is Keys to the Cheese. I need this. Yeah. 
You know what? They'll probably do it, too. They probably would. The keychain says keys to the cheese on it. It's my nickname. It's my third nickname. Yeah. My second nickname is Beef and Cheddar. Send them this episode. They'll <laughs> they'll do it. They'll for sure do it. Hell, we may get our first sponsor out of this. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Maybe they'll give me a free colonoscopy. Mm. All I heard was cola and then I stopped there. Okay. Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you know what? Here, we'll do this up front because I'll forget this by the end of the episode. The thing with the with the reviews, okay? If any of you have the keys to the cheese keychain or know how to get one, put it in the reviews, okay? I wonder if I can buy one online. Buy one online. A thing that you were going to get for free, you're going to buy. I bet. I bet it's on. It's eBay. not free. It's. Two dollars, but I bet it's on. I bet it's there for like fifty bucks, a hundred dollars. Yeah, eBay. Yeah, somebody's somebody's definitely selling this thing. For oh, like, actually, twenty bucks. Where? Oh, someone's got it for three hundred. Of course, forty-two. I mean, it's not. You know, it's not an amount of money that I am willing to pay. <laughs> yeah, it's enough money you'd have to crunch some numbers to see if it's worth paying for. Yeah. Uh, Andrew. Yeah. What the hell are we talking about today, Chris? Yep, Chris. <laughs> Yes. Chris. Yes. That's it. That's the joke, because today we're talking about Echo. (laughs) Oh, I see what you did there. Echo is breaking down barriers for so many kinds of people, deaf people, amputees, indigenous people. And that's all fine and dandy. But when when I ask you, will we finally get a superhero movie starring a white man named Chris? Maybe some day. What do you think of Echo? Echo was fine. It was fine. It was it was okay. Overall, listen, it got into my head. If you're like, say good or bad, I'm going to say good. She's great. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the specifics and everything. But like overall as a series, I did enjoy it. There was some there was some great stuff in it. There's nothing that's particularly like, oh, God, like bad. I think the worst it gets is just kind of OK. There is some cool stuff to it. And if nothing else, I'm just like, OK, this is. It's not the best Marvel has done, but it does at least harken back to, I feel like, a little old school Marvel, which is just like, hey, here's a story. It's enjoyable and self-contained, and you can enjoy this for what it is. It's the reason it's kind of fitting that this spins out of Hawkeye, because it's kind of the same way I felt about Hawkeye. The thing I enjoyed about Hawkeye, I was like, wow, there's nothing really crazy going on. It's just enjoyable. And I don't have to, you know, coming out of WandaVision or something, which is amazing. But like, it's really heady. And, you know, I got to remember 20,000 plot lines from 20,000 movies. And Hawkeye was like, not nah, you could just enjoy whatever it was, six episodes, up, eight episodes, whatever it was of just this thing. Echoes the same thing. It's only five episodes. You just kind of breeze through it. It's four and a half, really. Yeah. <laughs> One of them is like entirely made out of stuff from Hawkeye. Yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah. And like I said, I really I, I enjoy it. And yeah, what did you how did you feel about this? I was curious how you were feeling. About uh, we it. actually put up a review of this, of my thoughts on it last week. And of uh, course, of yeah, course. And uh, and you obviously didn't watch it. I did. Oh, of course I did. I want to play it like I didn't. Oh, yeah. For the sake of the listener. But of what course, was your favorite part of the video, uh, the T-shirt. And uh, I think the 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 color 
of that t-shirt is outstanding. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, when I spent two minutes reviewing Echo and 25 minutes crying about my keys to the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I think it's fine, I, but I think it is fine in a way that isn't mediocre. Yeah. It is fine in a way that parts of it are pretty good yep. and parts of it are not very good. Okay. Okay. I agree with you. Alakwa Cox is a fantastic actor, especially considering Hawkeye was her first acting role ever. Yeah. Which is wild to me. And yeah. in fact, that's something that speaking of our review, I got into it with people. People did not like that. I said Echo wasn't woke because that's really what the review is about is. Is it bad because it's woke? Is it even woke? What does woke mean? And like sort of getting into that uh-huh. people on the Internet are mean. Who knew? What? I know. Get out. Two different people made fun of me mm-hmm. because of my master's degree. Because <laughs> you went back to school to educate yourself about something. Interesting. Well, it was weird, man. Like, someone was like, as a person who has a bachelor's degree in acting, the master's degree in acting made me laugh. And I was like, yeah, you got a BA, bro. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, with that video got seven likes and 15 dislikes. Cool. People fucking hate a lot. And people were very specific in the comments telling me what they did not like about this show. Okay. Part of it is they feel like she was hired specifically and explicitly because of her disabilities. Uh, and that they did not actually look for someone who was a good actor. People, I've also been watching reviews about this on YouTube where people are saying that her acting is terrible. She's a great actor. She, I think she is. I don't think they give her. Here's the thing. And I think this is one of the things. Sorry, not to cut you off. But I think one of the things that makes this just fine is I don't think they really give her something to really shine in this. Well, what can you do in four episodes? No, I know what you're saying. And I agree with you. But I think. Uh, Here's the thing, though, in what she did in Hawkeye, which she had a lot less screen time, she made more of an impact and was given better material. I agree. As opposed to this, where it's four and a half to five episodes of her. Yeah. And there's not really a standout moment. Yeah. She's I think she's great. I think she's very talented. I think the argument that they looked for someone with the disabilities and didn't look for a good actor. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Well, the the problem is they're always looking for a good actor. That's, that's just right. That doesn't make any sense. They're looking. Yes, they are. cast. Okay. They're partially right in that. Yeah. They're casting her kind of because of her disabilities. Cause they're looking for someone that fits that description and rather, Rather than and then and Marvel, rather than saying, why don't we get someone to act deaf or act as if they have an amputated leg and green screen it out? Why don't we? Here's a revolutionary thought. Cast someone with those actual things and then get the best actor that fits those qualifications, much like. For those of you who are not in show business, whenever there's an audition for anything, there's what's sent out called a breakdown. And in it, we'll say at least the following things. Gender, age, and I would say maybe at this point 50 to 75% of the time, race as well. And then if you fit in those categories, then you get to act and see if you're a good actor. It's the same thing. Yeah. 
So yeah, are they casting her because of because she's deaf and an amputee? Yes, they are. They're also casting her because she's like an MMA fighter and can kick ass and needs to be able to do action sequences. So I'm sure there's someone else who is deaf and an amputee out there that can't do that stuff and probably wouldn't get cast in this. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, small correction. Uh the character did was not an amputee until they cast her because she was an amputee. So they okay, just fair. That. But uh, but what but I'm saying is the rest I don't of it know, still stands. Right. The character in the comics is not. The character in the show was not as well. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure. I saw an interview okay. with Alakwa Cox where she was talking about how she didn't think she was going to get the role cuz she was missing a leg. Got it. And they were like, "No, we don't care. You're a good actor. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. fit the bill." And yeah. But yeah, they were looking for a deaf indigenous actor to play this role i mean it kind of has to be indigenous like you can't have again a white guy named chris playing this role is she sorry really quick because you're the you know this character better than i is she indigenous in the comics or is that something they incorporated into the show uh yes she is and um additionally i look so i think those people would also argue yeah okay so if you're an actor you get those call sheets that shouldn't be the case anyway it should just be based on how good an actor you are i think those people would still make that argument even for that yeah but that's that also being said a little bullshit anyway. i agree but here's the real kicker that i think is really the um the twist of the knife for this that i think will really send it home which is if i am casting an actor Mm-hmm. Who is going to play someone who is deaf mm-hmm. over a long period of time in different storylines? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't even know what stories we're going to get 10 years from now, right? right? Right. It's a little different if you're doing a play or one movie or something, although right. a movie can have many sequels. For sure. But if you're casting someone who's going to be playing this character, presumably for many, many series, many movies. Yeah, I would as a director, as a person casting it with putting my name on it, Mm -hmm. I would be more eager to cast someone who already knows inherently what it is like to have that disability. Yeah. Half your work is done. Yeah. And then you can just focus on the acting. Yeah. Can you imagine how much fucking shit Charlie Cox had to do in order to pretend like he's blind yeah like how many takes where someone held something up and he looked at it you know what i mean oh for sure absolutely so you don't have to worry about that with this you, this yeah. is i mean for the sake of as a producer putting your money in yeah how much time it takes to like keep the cameras rolling and keep all the crewmen there and like you got to pay for somebody to train her how to appear deaf and right you got to teach her how to use sign language now because she's not actually deaf she's never needed to know it right this is all shit you have to pay for yeah unless you get a deaf actor which also you know when you're doing when you're doing scenes, when you're directing a scene and you're filming scenes, you want just things to be able to be as natural as possible. And you and the thing is, like, the moment you cast someone to play a disability, then there's a layer of them like having to concentrate on that. Yeah. As opposed to just like and then you're directing one person who's in a scene with another person who is playing someone who's deaf. Right. As opposed to mm-hmm. w- when you have a character who's deaf and you cast someone who's deaf, you're basically just directing a scene like you would with any two actors. Yeah. Right. Because it's just two people being the way that they are, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you want. It's like how if you ever see a bad actor play somebody blind, they like put their hands up or whatever when there's no reason to, you know, like. Right. Stuff like right. that. There's. Yeah. There, because that's the thing, too. Right. If you saw a Cox sitting in a cafe yeah you would have no idea she was deaf yeah. but 
I feel like if I, as a director, were looking to cast somebody who's not deaf to play a deaf character, I would be worried that they would be trying to telegraph to me and the audience that they are deaf, which is not something that deaf people do. Right. It is just like you said, it makes more sense because they inherently embody what it means to be that person already. Again, half your work is done as a director. Right. So, yeah, whatever. I, that whole thing is such a steaming pile that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with well, that. <laughs> fuck those asshats. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, the crew learned American Sign Language on the set so they could talk to her. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's awesome. I that's think the show cool. has great fight scenes. That's another criticism I've been seeing is that the fight scenes are bad. I think it is obvious when a stunt double comes in but i had that same problem with daredevil as well uh-huh. where like you know he would get punched and fall out of the frame and then a guy would come in who's a much better fighter <laughs> wearing the same outfit you know and you'd never see his face until someone throws him out a window and then charlie yeah. cox crawls back in <laughs> i don't fully disagree with people saying the f- i the fights to me were good but i think one of the reasons this like wasn't as i don't know stimulating i guess is that the fights are good. She's a great fighter. And you can tell she has a lot of potential to like do something really cool. And then you ne- I never felt like we got. I couldn't name you like one fight off the top of my head. Do you know what I mean? Oh, man. You don't remember that big, long one shot at the beginning? That's one of my favorite moments. When the two guys are like, all right, we're going in here. We're going to kill all these guys and shoot them oh, as soon as and oh, Matt Murdock comes the, in. Uh, yes, that's the yes. There is that that's one. That's a one shot. That is. A, you're right. That is a one shot. That was. Yes. You know what? That was really good. After that. Can I attempt to put my finger on the pulse of what it really is that you're missing? Yeah, go for it. There are yeah. no fights. And I said this in our review that are unique to the traits of the characters. Yeah. You know what? I guess that's it. Meaning like Matt Murdock is fighting her. And at one point he like knocks her away right. and right as he's about to tackle her, like run into her or whatever, right. a guy from off screen tackles him. Right. And it's like, yeah, but we know that he can hear everything in the room. Right. And so he knows that guy is he can't be surprised by that. Yeah. So wouldn't he just step out of the way and let the guy fall to the ground? Yeah. And if you want to, if you need to create a distraction, because that's what it was used for, she then can look around for something to fight him with. And that's what she ended up doing while he was tackled to the ground. You can have him be like, step out of the way. The guy falls to the ground. And then Matt Murdock is like, "Okay, now I got to deal with this asshole and walk over and give him a couple punches. Right. But there's nothing that is like we never see somebody sneak up on her. Because she's deaf. Yeah. And then see her know how to get out of anything because she's ready for it, because she's a competent fighter. Yeah. We don't see people try to take advantage of the fact that she is deaf or an amputee and see her overcome the adversity of that. We just see people fighting or use that to her advantage in in some sort of way. We just see people fighting. Well, that's the thing. And I think and you're right. These fights could have been written for anybody. They could have been choreographed for anyone. Well, here's the other thing. You're right. That fight in the warehouse is very, very cool. It's it's really well done. I was like, oh, awesome. This is we're finally because I forget what episode that was. on. It was pretty early. It was one one or or two. two. Yeah. Yeah. So and I was like, oh, awesome. This is like where we're going to live. Like, this is where the, this is where we're going to yeah, be. And then we never do that again. <laughs> and then they never do that again. But the other thing is, and I think maybe this is the reason I forgot it is that for the most part, that's not her fight. 
Do you know what I mean? There's yes. a good portion of that fight, as cool as it looks, between a bunch of dudes that yeah. we don't care about. And she stands around for a lot of it. Like the first half, she's just taking it all in because it's That's her first real saying. fight. Yeah, is the first real fi- is the first real fight, and the, and our arguably the coolest fight in the entire series mm-hmm. has a lot of not her. Yeah. And so like and and I think that's what I was looking for. And you're and you put it a good way of like there's nothing indicative. There's no fight that's really indicative of the character. Yeah. Or just really sets a tone for the show. Well, but like even even like give me a whole fight scene that is silent. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like the daredevil. uh, Everyone always goes back to the hallway fight, which is it's an easy one to go back to because I think it's like. It encapsulates exactly what you're looking for. Mm. Like it was, it was stimulated. It had a creative idea to it. It was really engaging, but also it is some, you're right. It's indicative of the character. Not that he's blind, but because like, if you remember the, the most telling part of that fight is those parts in between where he's like huffing right? and you see him get winded and then he's just still goes at it and he's brought and it's brutal to watch. And you're like, that's the type of fighter this guy is. He's a boxer. He's brutal. And he's going to kick your ass and punch you through a wall. But this tires him. This has a toll on him. And at no point do I see a fight where I go, this is that character. Like, this is what she is and who she is as a as a person or a hero. And the problem is, it also doesn't build up to that, too. Like, if nothing else, you know, again, that hallway fight scene in Daredevil, that's at the end. I believe it's close to the end of the season. It's been years since I watched that, but I think it's close to the end of the season. So you're building up to that. So, like, that final, not to get too much into spoilers, but, like, the final confrontation in the... Um, I don't even in, at the rodeo or whatever that, or the celebration, whatever it is that you could have made an argument like all fight scenes until that moment don't have this style to it because she's becoming the character. And then the first moment you see her as essentially echo that fight scene takes on that attitude because now she has come into herself fine. But even that doesn't have that. You know, it just they're all just kind of there. I agree with you to an extent. I don't okay. think it needs the same thing. I think Matt Murdock is a different kind of character than this. Yeah. Um, but I, I do sort of agree with what you're saying, which is there needs to be something that differentiates her in her fighting from him. Right. It was it's actually one of the problems I had with Defenders. Yeah, no, right? I'm not it's looking like, at her to fight like him. I'm just saying, like, create some sort of, you know, either style or the way that the fights are done or something right. that you're like. You well, said. And again, right. She's got a metal leg. Yes. Like show her. Yeah kicking someone in the face and them losing three teeth. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the biggest problems I had with Defenders is that you have um, Danny Rand, uh, Iron Fist, and Matt Murdock as Daredevil. And I remember when they all came together being like, oh, this is going to be so cool. We're going to see Iron Fist doing some flowing stuff, maybe some wushu in the air, spinning kicks and stuff. And, you know, uh, Matt Murdock is going to be like on the ground like Wolverine, just like scrappy and just like right. giving just it to people. Him. Yeah. And they're all kind of just doing the same thing. Yeah. They're all just punching. And it, there's a little bit of that here where it's like a fight between Matt Murdock and Maya right. should be interesting because how are these two 
conflicting styles going to attack each other for sure they kind of just both do the same stuff they're both kind of just doing generic mma stuff right and there is some interesting stuff like you know they're throwing stuff he's got his like nunchuck poles and shit and yeah uh, she's trying to shoot him and he's trying to get the gun away and stuff like that there is some interesting stuff like he's not going to use a gun but she will right but it's not quite enough right but that's when and you're right like the two the the interesting thing about the dynamic of those characters is obviously that is the the kind of yin and yang of it? Like she'll use a gun and he won't. He's blind, she's deaf. Like, but you know, he's got two feet, she doesn't. And it's one of those things where it's like use those to to complement each other. Yeah, in that in that sort of way. How interesting would it have been as well for him to just as soon as he see her go, you're deaf. Like, because he can just to pick be up able on to that tell. sort of thing. Yeah, or he could, yeah. Because and he, he can, has the heightened senses. And even if he can't tell, it's deaf, just to know that there's something about her. Yeah. That is, that he has to adjust. Or if he spends the whole fight trying to figure it out. Like, right. he's like, there's something different about her. I don't know what it, and now he has to fight, but also in a way that or even like, see him be like hey i'm not done with you and see her not turn around and she's looking for him right and then he's like oh oh yeah exactly that's what's happening yeah. here and the but also the rest of the fights throughout this is also kind of the same they're kind of just there i and i feel kind of the same way with i feel that way as i do with the plot as well there's it's kind like it's not quite clear right yep. like you kind of know what she's doing but I'm not really sure what her end game is. So yeah. she, so I guess spoilers, but like just really what it's Echo is about. It's basically just the plot. Yeah, it's, you know, she goes back to this small town where she was born after 20 years, which we'll get into the 20 year gap thing because I bumped on, on that a little bit. But after 20 years, because she, what at first thought was killed the kingpin and then she has decided she's going to, I guess, take over for the kingpin. She's going to be the queen pin, as she yeah. puts it, which, by the way, I do love that term. Yeah. But anyway, she then goes about trying to do that, but never really makes it clear, like, what her end game is. Right. Like, how she's going to do that. She does one big thing. Yeah, she's trying to make it a big secret, too. And it's like, how can you take over if no one knows you're doing this thing? Knows who you're doing this thing? I think she was trying to get the element of surprise by doing... I'll try and say this a spoiler phrase. But by doing that one thing in that episode, the one big thing that happens. And then... I think she was trying to like surprise everyone and they're all going to be like, who's doing this and what's going on and blah, blah, blah. But and there wasn't would, like a letter attached to it that was no. like Maya did this. You right. know? But I think I think again, this is the problem because it's very unclear. I think the idea is like she's going to do a series of these things to weaken that structure, but do it in secret. So no one knows who she is. So they can't try and take her out. And then at a certain point reveal herself maybe she could come up and be like i'm the one who can stop these bad things from happening either that or just be like i'm the one who's been doing this this is mine now but it's felt like she was going to set up to do a series of these of these actions yeah and does one and then that's it well i wonder too because like i doubt that it was five episodes you th- do originally. you think it was longer i think yeah. they cut it down i could see that yeah yeah so i wonder if there was more i also i 
This is all right. It's time to get into spoilers because my biggest problem with this whole thing is the last episode. Okay, so skip ahead if you don't want to know what happens in that. She just gets superpowers because she's indigenous. Yeah, it's that's it's kind of a lot of that's kind of unclear. Yeah. What does she what do her powers do? She high fives Kingpin in the head and then he's angry or no or he's not angry but then he i think he's not angry but he's but angry he was that, angry he was like what did you do right but i think he's angry about the fact that he no longer is angry or something that's right, kind of so okay so from now on the kingpin doesn't have his hatred and anger and stuff i guess i don't what's know what's happened what is this i don't know that's the thing it doesn't stick the landing that's the no, worst thing doesn't. about this in my opinion and frankly one of the things i say in the video is I dare to say that Echo is not woke enough because like, is it wouldn't it be more woke if like her ties to her culture, her heritage, her ancestors just gave her, I don't know, the ambitions and the confidence to be able to take care of the things she needed to take care of. Instead like, of a superpower that just fixes everything. Right. Well, and in fact, I've heard, you know, I've heard a lot Cox talk about one of the great things about this role is that. People who are deaf can watch this and go, wow, even I could be a superhero. And it's like, not unless you got magic powers, you can't. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know that I fully agree. I don't disagree with anything you just said, but I, I, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just that the, you're right. It just doesn't stick the landing. She also doesn't have uh, powers in the comics, if that helps. That's, I was just going to ask yeah. that. This is a thing. She's just a added, really right? good deaf fighter. Yeah, which is which could have been enough. Yeah, I think that would have been great. Well, I think the, the other problem is they kind of like did this thing where they like, again, they they tried to check off's gun it. They tried to check off hands it or something. They, they check off indigenous people did. I don't know. But anyway, I'm not I'm also not sick in the landing on this, but they they thread this thing. Yeah. And for only being five episodes, every time it happened, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? Like, just get on with it. Yeah. For again, for being five episodes, I will say a lot of me was sitting there going like, just get on with this. Yeah. You know who would have done not to cut you off, who would have done this series a lot better, I think, is uh, the Russos. Yeah, I think they could have done. This would have been yeah. a much more like winter. If, it, if this was more like a winter soldiery kind of like espionage thing. Yeah. I think it would have been really good. Yeah, I think it was really inter. I think what they were do, and I agree with you. I don't. I think the inclusion of a superpower is totally unnecessary. But if you're gonna do that, fine. But really do it. Like all of a sudden, she gets a very ambiguous superpower. Uses it one time to do question mark to do question mark, but it fixes everything. Yeah, it sure does. And then that's the end of the series. Did we see what's his name? Biscuits. What's his name? Biscuits. Is it? Yeah, no, it is Biscuits. I'm laughing because it is Biscuits. <laughs> Did yeah. we see him in the flashbacks at the beginning? No. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get into this now since you brought it up. This thing, they har- they say this so often. So in the series, there are some flashbacks. And especially in the beginning of the series, they flashback to when she lived in this small town that the whole series takes place in. And it's revealed that... She go. She her mother died by getting into a car accident, and then there's a and that's how she also lost her leg as a little girl, and then her dad, 
who I guess was already involved with the Kingpin. It's a little unsure. Yes. But at least in the mob of some kind of some kind of crime. Yeah. Insinuates that they had the person who was driving the car, the other car killed. And then his mother-in-law echoes grandmother and echoes on her mother's side basically is like, no, you caused this. This is your fault. Which, by the way, they never, side note, they never bring up who who actually crashed into them, I think. Yeah, no, they never actually, I thought they were going to. I thought it was just a drunk driver. Uh, right. But again, so how did he bring this about? But whatever. Right. That's, a, that's a side note. That's not even part of the thing. But basically, he then takes Maya and moves to New York City when she's, I think, seven or eight. I think it's eight years old. I think they say her age. So then she leaves this town for 20 years. And when she comes back, everyone acts like she's been gone for a month. I'm going to level with you. Yeah. So people recognize her. And at first I thought that was a little weird. Yes. Because like, how would you recognize people? Correct. But I'm going to be totally honest with you. The little girl they got to play her looks exactly like her. They Yes. But it's not just that people recognize her. It's also the way the conversations that they have with her for a series that takes over. It takes over the course of, I think, like a week. After her return after 20 years. And it's not like they specifically say like she has been gone for 20 solid years. Not like you moved to New York for 20 years, but you'd come back every other summer or something or anything like that. They literally say we have not seen you in 20 years. She comes back and they talk to her like a they know who she is like personality wise and that she is up to date with pretty much everything that's going on and who everybody is and everything. And I'm like, she's been gone in, for 20 years and instant. Like the first scene is biscuits. This kid who, by the way, is not even in us in the flashbacks so, and is clearly younger than her. So probably wouldn't remember her. I was going to say, do you remember who your best friend was when you were like seven or eight? Right. Well, that's the uh, OK. That's getting into another thing. But bis- let, let's go in the in the order that they appear uh, or it's yeah. uh, somewhat biscuits shows up. And this guy is definitely like, I would say, maybe three to five years younger than Maya. Or at least I think that's what they're insinuating. Right. This guy shows up and is like, Maya, oh, my God, it's good to see. You don't remember this chick. You don't remember her. (laughs) I assumed they were like the same age. But but again, I didn't see. But here's the thing. I assume they were younger, but it's partially because I didn't see him in the flashback or referenced at all. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he must have been born. That's sort of the anti Chekhov's gun, right? It's the anti Chekhov's biscuits. I was like, he must have been born (laughs) after she left. Right. Yeah. Because they because I don't see him at all. Or may or anyone makes a reference to them. Yeah, I guess maybe he saw pictures or something, but he also is like, no, you recognize and she recognizes him. And he's like, oh, my gosh, it's so good to see you. And I'm like, you haven't seen her in 20 years. If I saw someone after 20 years, I'm like, so what's up? Like, so who are you? So, yeah. Are you, you know, first of all, anybody, if you haven't seen them after 20 years, first thing you do is try and engage in some sort of 
very casual, nondescript conversation with the intention of figuring out if they have turned into a crazy person. Yeah, like, sure. Let's, let's be honest. Like, who's- Especially if I think they kind of knew that she had gone into crime. Like, uh, you would kind of be like, are right. you here to kill me? Really? I just want to find out, like, are you a Let's Go Brandon or not? Like, what's, oh you know, in this, in this day and age, you know, I, I'm like, where are we falling on, the, on yeah. anything in life? And am I going to be able to have a conversation with you? Right. But no, they just launch right into it then like yeah bonnie her best friend from when she was eight there's no way they stayed in touch her cousin her cousin you're right sorry but also her best friend yeah yeah no you lost touch yeah they have like each other's cell phone number yeah (laughs) right yeah you know like they had in the early 90s she's like i haven't seen or heard from you in 20 years then how do you have her cell phone number motherfucker yeah no that's a good point like what the fuck yeah so either you've been texting for 20 years or you haven't seen each other in 20 years make a choice yeah also though it's very strange to me that she is so hurt by that. Right. Again, that's part of what I was getting into with like, do you remember who like your best friend was when you were seven or eight? Like you would have written this off, but like you would have written this off at least 10 years ago Uh, for the first few years. You might've been really inconsolable, but like eventually you go to high school, you go to college, you become an EMT. Maya who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Oh yeah, for sure. You know, the grandfather also talks to her like, you know, it hasn't been the same since you left 20 years ago. It's been 20 years. What the fuck are you? Why? No, everything is. What? You don't, you don't know. how. Yeah, now we be. got 5G towers. Yeah. Like, first of all, <laughs> things are different. Secondly, her coming back or not coming back makes no difference because she's been gone for 20 years. You've all moved on. Like, you know, the only conversation that seems somewhat realistic is the grandmother because she's like, uh, I don't know how to play this. Hey, you. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Yeah. She's the only one who comes in with a little bit of trepidation. And I'm like, that's how you that's how you talk to someone after not seeing them for 20 years. I was like, this whole thing falls apart for me right then and there because it was like, you're all way too helpful to her and act like you know her like know her intimately, like who she is. The grandfather in particular, like, again, was like, you know. Making her a leg and it's like, I know you something, something. I'm like, no, you don't. Well, yeah, you you saw her five, you know, three days ago. That's the first time you saw her in 20 years. You don't know what she's like. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I was going to add when you were saying like they're all teaching, treating her like, you know, giving her a bunch of help and treating her like, you know, their best friends or whatever. That could be I want to add a small addendum to what we're saying, a small caveat. That could be a cultural thing. Sure. Uh, You know, maybe that's just the way communities like that of that of indigenous people are often. I, I agree with you. But in I, that, I understand what you're saying as well. When he's like, I know you tend to go blood. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't yeah, know that's shit. Thing. Yeah, it's fine. Listen, if they were like, we haven't seen you in 20 years, but your family. So if you need a place to stay, you can crash on the couch. hundred percent. I'll go with that. But the way that they talk to her, like she was just there like last week. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. From there on out, it just falls apart because I'm like, none of you people would be doing any of this. It doesn't make any sense. I think gun to my head, I would probably lean towards bad. I think it's not. I think it. Yeah. Now that I'm talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. You have convinced yourself. Yeah. I've convinced (laughs) myself. Yeah. Here's the thing. And people are going to be like, well, that's a bad way to watch this. But I watched this completely on a bus. Actually, I watched this because I, I we had a I, I had a, a weekend where I took uh, Emerson on a long bus ride and I had a, it's, it was like a three hour bus ride each way. 
And so I was like, well, I can, I can do this. I can watch a couple episodes here. And so I watched, I think the first, like, I think it was like, you know, the first two and a half episodes and then the last two, two and a half episodes. And people are going to be like, well, you watched it on your phone and that's not the best way to No, Cause on a bus, there's nothing to do. Yeah. So I have to sit your full and watch attention <laughs> and I have my full attention. And normally if I put anything on while I'm on a bus or a plane or something, I'm fully engaged because I know I can just watch this and I have nothing else I can do. Yeah. This thing, I again, it's five episodes and I kept going like, get to yeah, I it. Know. What are we doing? What is this? What's going yeah. on? Give What's me, going on? That's what, sort of what I mean, right? It's like you used to talk on the show a little bit about um, I think it was Seinfeld where yes someone would write an episode yes. and then larry david or someone yes would be like great write me more write me more yeah, write me so more basically the the yes i i know exactly the guy who cre- who uh, was in charge of veep for the last couple of seasons he was a writer david uh it's not david simon it's david it'll come to me but anyway he was a writer on seinfeld and he said the great thing that larry david taught him is that he would write this five act episode which is exactly what a sitcom is it's five acts and he would write this five act episode and he'd be like all right i did like a really good episode and Larry David would take this five acts and go, okay, well, we can actually condense this. We could cut this out. This is filler. This is filler. This is filler. So now we have act one, act two, act three. Now you name two more acts. So we take five acts and condense it down into the best stuff and then force you at, because you only now have three acts to write what happens your, after to that. write what ha- the next two acts after. And that's where it gets into some really interesting and weird stuff. And that's where you get some of the best Seinfeld episodes. And this and you can apply that to kind of any TV show. Uh, I feel and, like that's missing this from is here. the same it, thing it feels like there is it doesn't move quickly enough. It feels like they got their five episodes yes. and they didn't have somebody to go. Great. This is the first two episodes. This is the first two episodes. Yeah. That the train thing. The one big thing that happens should have happened. I, it happens pretty quickly in the series. But it should have happened sooner. I think you could have done that literally the first episode. Yeah. And that's your launching part. I think that's the end. The end of the first episode. I was going to say, I was just going to say, that's the end of the first episode. She does that. And then she's like, I'm going to be queen pin, bitch. Yeah. Credits. And then you go from there. This show is mostly fine. Yeah. Uh, I think it sets up some pretty interesting stuff. Like it does, you know, like we like we were just saying, it's the first five episodes should be the first two episodes. I think the relationships between the characters are interesting at times. I think the acting is mostly good. The fight scenes are mostly good. The stuff it sets up is are interesting. Showing Kingpin as a person with a heart who's trying to reconnect with a daughter he hurt is interesting. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of falls apart it and does, it also yeah. takes too long to get there. I think it, t- I think it sets up some really interesting things and, but never, it never delivers. It never pays them off. Yeah. It also just never has a point to it. Like the, there's a, there should That's be a sort of reason what I mean by a payoff, yeah. right? Like it never leads to something or is motivating something else. It's just kind of like, gun. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Chekhov's kingpin checks out, check off superpower. It's check off everything. Like it's just Chekhov's queen pin, right? That's Chekhov's the thing. It's biscuits. Like none of this. Chekhov's biscuits. Oh gosh! I bet that guy made some good biscuits. Anyway, but yeah, it is all, that how he got uh, his nickname? 
Why is his nickname Biscuits when he's like four? It makes no sense. Because she knew. She knew his nickname. She was nickname. like Biscuits? And I'm like, how the fuck do you know this kid? What? How did he have that nickname back then? How do you get a nickname of Biscuits when you're like three? That Well, you're right. Because that's the other thing. Is she never... If she was gone for 20 years, she would have been right. like, Jonathan? Yeah. And then they're like... And he's like, oh, everybody calls me Biscuits. And she's yeah, like, exactly. why? And he's like, you don't want to know. Yes. Because <laughs> maybe because it's like he likes giving massages like a cat. Making biscuits. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look at me. Fucking, I'm I, shaped like a biscuit. I eat a lot of biscuits. I'm sh- Come on, dude. Look at the Look at the size of this beard. All right. You know, we know why I'm called biscuits. And she's like, yeah, you're right. I should add as well. D'Onofrio's good in this. He's good. Um, it in goes this. without saying, but you know, he's, he's a great kingpin. It's good to have him back. Well, that's the thing. The acting in this is really good. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, there's some, you know, she's really good. He's really good. The grandparents both yeah. are really good. The mother in like the one scene she yeah, really, really good. gets. Biscuits is good too. He delivers away. what is needed of the script. Biscuits is good. Yeah, but that's the thing. Everyone's kind of, I feel like, underutilized in this yeah, in, in a I certain agree. way. Like Biscuits, I think, could actually be really funny. Yeah. Like you could, he would be a really good foil. Yeah. I think everyone just doesn't, isn't given enough, not enough to do, but like, high stakes enough to do I like, agree. This is, everyone was like oh this is tvma and i was like why yeah there's one or two things that are are like bloody and i'm like i think you put that in there so that you can make this tvma it reminds me a little bit of uh there's the south park episode where that came out right after the shield said shit uncensored for the first time yeah and everyone in south park is watching the show waiting for them to say it right and uh it's you know he's like that's it you know We've got to get this ship taken care of. And they're like, oh, did he say it? And they're like, no, no, he said ship. He said ship. They're going to go catch a boat or whatever. And then they're all waiting and waiting. And everyone in the town is watching this episode, waiting for them to do it. And at the very end, they're like, we're going to catch this guy if it's the last thing we do. And everyone goes, oh, he's about to say it. He's about to say it. Everybody be quiet. Everybody calm down. And it's silent. And the guy goes to leave and he turns around and goes, oh, and Johnson, you got some shit on your face. (laughs) And leaves. Yeah. And that's kind of what the TVMA felt like in yeah. this. Is it's like, what what happened? <laughs> Where yeah, is they it? They kill those people in the in the in the roller rink. And I'm like, so for that? Is that what we did? Yeah. Is that what we did it for? I I don't the, I couldn't tell you. Guy. But really the hot dog guy wasn't even that bad. I don't even remember a hot dog guy. The kingpin, the kingpin beat the thing that's in the trailer. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's in a commercial. How MA could it be? Yeah. It wasn't I was like, why did I you do that? I do this? not remember. I'm surprised like yeah. It wasn't like totally PG-13 the entire time. And then at some point we see a dick or whatever. It's like, right, you know. right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I was man. more shocked by what I thought was about to be a nipple on oh. with the um, the one indigenous person. The like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The people yeah, coming they out covered of the cave. pretty well, though. Yeah, they did. But it got close. <laughs> they and put I was stuff like, in front. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, there's some there's some boobs going on here. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. That I was more shocked by than anything. But like, yeah, I think all the characters are great. I I think she's a great character and I think she they set up something really well. And I want more from her. I want more with this character. I agree. I do think that some of the I hate to even say this because I don't like putting people on the spot like this. But I think some of the direction and some of the writing at times, some of the cinematography felt like it was shot on an old 1080p canon rebel like it it felt very weird like they were just like holding a 
a camera you can buy at Best Buy mm-hmm. behind her or whatever. Right. So I'm not super sure what that was about, but I am interested to see what they do once they pass this character and this actor on to another. Because we like you said, she was great in Hawkeye yeah. and they used her well in Hawkeye. So I'm interested to see what else they can do with her. Yeah, she's a very compelling character. I agree. For sure. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the Let's to the please. Chris. Yes. Today for the reading assignment, we're talking about the comic Gotham by Gaslight. The title alone got me thinking Batman has been gaslighting people for 85 years. <laughs> no, I'm not Bruce Wayne. Robin and I aren't gay. I never put nipples on a bat suit. And on that note, let's get into Gotham by Gaslight, a story about Batman trying to gaslight 1880s America into thinking that he definitely didn't kill a bunch of innocent women. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, Mike uh, Mignola, Mignola, Mignola. I didn't get any info on that, but yes. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, the original is is um, I believe written and art by. Oh, wow. By. Hellboy creator himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what did you... Uh, this is kind of a classic uh, Elseworlds from the from the night. It's kind of well run out, but what did you think of Gotham by Gaslight? I think it's fine. Yeah. I think it's good. Okay. I'll put it that way. I think it is a good story. Mm-hmm. I will get into spoilers eventually to have more detail on this, but I will just say without spoilers yeah. that I found... The twist ending to be extremely obvious. Yes, I will agree with you on that. Uh, yeah, I do too. It uh, and, and I even I put here as well. We have always said that um, if knowing the twist ruins a book, then it's a bad book. Right. And I don't think knowing the twist ahead of time made me like the book less. Agree. So I think it's, yeah, I was just like, I'm reading, I'm reading a story and it's not really about the twist ending. It's about how these characters get to where they're going. It really became more like, okay, so I know, I know what's coming. Right. But how do we prove that? Right. And how do we get to a point where naturally the characters in the story are able to learn the thing that I have already guessed? Yeah. And there was an element of like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a smokescreen. Maybe they're right. intentionally throwing this thing in here to make me think something. Right. And then it's going to be the twist is going to be that it's actually this other thing or whatever. Right. right. Agree. Uh, but uh, yeah, it uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was fine. It's a decent story. I it also is. do love these Elseworld stories that are like. Hey, let's just take a break from what's going on and do something fucking weird. You guys right. want to get weird? You guys want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. <laughs> Speaking of you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Since I brought it up, this book takes place exactly 100 years before the Tim Burton Batman film. And also 100 years before the publication of this comic. The comic was published in February and uh, Batman 89 came out in June. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Is that interesting? That's interesting? That is interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I mean, part of the fun of the Elseworlds when they were coming out is, like you said, it's just living in the world. It's just like being there and like, oh, how you don't do have they... to read all this other shit to know what's going right. on. And you're like, ah, and, and when they creatively and in a really interesting way incorporate, you know, certain characters and from the mainstream and things like that and see how they're they're plugged in when it's done well. It's done really, really well. There are other Elseworlds that I've read that I'm like, okay, this was all right. This was a swing. But I think this one, I think this one connects better than most 
of the Elseworlds. And I agree with you. I think the twist ending is not that big of a twist, but I think it's just one of those things where it's like, well, we need the an ending. So here's this one, which is good enough. And it's, you know, it's definitely not revelatory, but it's also not like, all right, you know. I think it serves exactly what it needs to serve to wrap this up. There are also reasons, though, they don't explicitly say them, but they can be theorized as to why Batman would have difficulty seeing it as obviously as we do. Got it. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the and this is not really a spoiler. It's just sort of the basic premise of the comic. I think that it is interesting and intriguing and unique, which is what if Batman was around at the time of Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. and Jack the Ripper starts killing women in the U.S. and right. now and in Gotham specifically. And so he is now it's his job now to track down fucking Jack the Ripper. Right. I will say the one thing that I liked, it, there was a it's not I wouldn't call it a twist, but there was a plot turn in the middle of this that I appreciated that I I felt more of it like a twist than the twist was. I agree. Which is, uh, uh, do you want me to say it or I can I no, can, we can do a spoiler. But okay. I will say before we get into spoilers with that, um, I even maybe 10, 15 pages before that was like. Well, wouldn't this happen? And I, I thought for sure it wasn't going to. It wasn't going to happen. And then it, and does. Then it did. And I was like, oh, yes. fuck. <laughs> Which, that I really like because I'm yeah. like, OK, you took this this story in a direction I would never expect it to go. And now I I'm listening because now I'm like, well, now yeah, I now you've got my like attention. You said, like, logically, this would happen. But in a Batman story, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Like, you can't have that. Oh, it did happen. Yeah. Well, now, how the hell does he get out of this? Like, right. there, there's that. And so you're just a lot. Like you said, you're along for the ride. I also did read the second story in this. I didn't get a chance. to. I actually kind of want to, but I'm sure it's, it is a completely different story. If the if what we're talking about now, the Gotham by Gaslight. I, I, part one. I don't know what to call it, but yeah, Gotham by Gaslight is basically the Mike Mignola story. Right. And then the, the if you get the deluxe edition, there are addendum stories that have come out like in, in years since the next one is if the first one is a whodunit, the second one is like a it's like a guy shows up and is like, hey, don't do this thing or I'm going to burn all of Gotham down. And then they do the thing. Oh, OK. And then Batman's got to stop this guy from burning all of Gotham down. So it's not like a, it's not a mystery. Yeah. It's really yeah. just like a classic like superhero story where he's like, I got to stop this asshole. This crazy guy is doing crazy stuff. Yeah. And it's pretty good. It's a lot of fun, actually. Cool. OK. I do want to check that out. I will say uh, one thing. This is, I guess, a spoiler, but. Not well, do you want to just like straight yeah, up get, get into spoilers right yeah, now? Let's get into spoilers. All right, so Go spoilers ahead. for now. Don't listen if you want to read this, and you probably should. It's pretty decent, and uh, I think it it has a pretty big mark on comic book history. I th- yeah, I think at this at this point it is considered a bit of a classic. So if you haven't read it, and it's a cool idea, it. it's unique. So give yeah, it a read. It is. I do appreciate without first saying exactly what happens at the end i'll spoil this much i do appreciate that in the end it wasn't just the joker oh yeah it could have been i like that sure they they make like one little reference to the joker and then that's in a very like offhanded way which i really like Mm -hmm. and then i was like and that's it it didn't turn out to be that at the end and i was like well that's at least nice because every other writer would be like well how do i make him appear yeah 
and they and Mike Manola is like mm, fuck it I don't need it yeah which I really like it's too obvious it is too obvious and that's but why also like, so is Jake yes <laughs> yeah for sure okay hang on so the the twist at the end of the story is so ball numbingly obvious yes it's the only character of importance introduced in the story. He was in England and then went to America at the same time that Bruce Wayne did. Right. And at the same time that Jack the Ripper did. Right. And the difference between Jack and Jake is one letter. Oh, that's true. Too. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. It is. Yeah, it is pretty obvious. It's also because it's the one character. It's the only like original character that is not in anywhere else in Batman lore. That's what always happens in these. But that's the thing is like Hush did the same thing. Right. But here's sorry, spoilers the, for Hush. Right. But here's <laughs> the thing is that it's also like, again, it's not the Joker, which I do like, but it's not like they introduced some of his other villains or uh, Harvey Dent has a passing mention in this oh dude well especially with that since you brought it up yeah. there's an animated film that was released in 2018 it yeah. looks like it has almost nothing to do with this comic one of the main characters is selena kyle right and that's well because they're making it into a full-length movie and so they have to like fill it out with there's a bunch so of shit. much there's yeah. also who hugo strange is in it as well right. like but everyone's that, in that's it. the thing it's like it's not like a bunch of ca- tangential characters kind of come in and out and you're like well it could be any of these people it's right. literally like the characters from batman lore you know that are in this are alfred and commissioner gordon and bruce wayne and so harvey like, dent and harvey dent for a for hot a second. second and yeah. he has no dialogue and it's just he, he's mentioned in a journal entry yeah and i'm like well it's not going to be those people. So will it probably be the one guy that we've never heard of ever before and they can yeah. easily dispose of him? Yes, it is. Well, and we also knew that he knew Bruce Wayne's parents. And even like very early on, you hear Jack oh, yeah, the Ripper say like, up. Yeah. well, he says like, I've got to stop her from laughing. And I was like, oh, that's about Martha Wayne for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just it, 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 you're you're right. Like the twist is not revelatory. The part that is revelatory is that Bruce Wayne goes to jail. Yeah, that was crazy. I was crazy. And I was like, oh, that was bold. You painted yourself into a corner. That was a bold choice. That was a bold choice. And you got yourself out of it. And so most yeah. of the appeal of this book is, like you said, the pr- the premise is interesting. You know what I wish had happened differently, though, with that? Yeah. I wish after Batman caught Jack the Ripper he returned Bruce Wayne to prison. Oh, that would have been really interesting. And then they showed up and then they know that Brett Batman isn't the prison Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne has been in jail this entire time, this entire time. Yeah. He also was interesting. I mean, it wraps up real quick after that, mm-hmm. which you could have used a little more like denouement. Yeah. But like, cause he gets like a slash across the chest. He does. Yeah. And then, I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen. And here's what I thought was going to happen. Bruce Wayne goes back into jail because he has to hide his identity. And Commissioner Gordon sees and then the just at, Yes. And just on the like somebody hits him in the chest or something like taps him or he just like gets up and he's like, oh, ow. Or even like the red starts to come through his yeah, white or the jumpsuit red starts or something. To see through his white jumpsuit or something. Yeah. And so there's an un, like just an unsaid thing of like, oh. I know your secret now. We know now. (laughs) Yeah. And you probably know I know. (laughs) Right. And so that, like, I was looking for something like that that doesn't really happen. Or you're right. Like, you talk about, like, taking the five acts and condensing it into, if you really want to do something cool, it's not him. 
Right. It continued. The murders continue. And then it's like, oh, shit, that guy, that guy was just some other crazy guy. Right. You know, and you could have kept it going for even longer. Yeah. But like I said, because you do that in the middle, I'm like, okay, I know how this is going to end. But I I am really interested to see how you get there. Yeah. From putting Batman in a jail cell. And he has to do it pretty much all from there. Also, I think I guess if you wanted to make it another interesting choice, don't make it a Batman origin story like pit Batman at the height of his abilities. Oh, against like one of the most evil people ever to have lived. one, especially at what one of the other things that makes this so interesting, though, too. And this is adding to your point is, you know, John Mulaney has this bit about. How crazy was it to be a detective in the 1800s? And they're like, hmm, who committed this crime? And uh, like an officer comes out and is like, hey, detective, there's a puddle of the murderer's blood in the room next door. And he goes, hmm, gross. Anyway, back to my hunch. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a lot of that, too, where it's like there's no forensic abilities. There's no. Yeah. All the things that Batman is really good at right. in the modern day comics are now out the window. So like yeah. using 1800s detective skills to yeah. do this would be real <laughs> you're right would be really really interesting this is now now that we're talking about it this is one of those comics i've i mentioned this once or twice i said it with the old secret wars every once in a while they don't do this in comics and i kind of now wish with some of them they would but like the same way that they will remake a movie or relaunch a tv show yeah do it again same plot line but get it. And it's not that you need not that you need to get a better writer. I mean, make Mike McNola is it's not an insult to him. Yeah. But it's in like, fact, have him ask him what he would do differently if he rewrote it. Yeah. Or just be like, hey, if since these usually had to be about 52 pages, what if we gave you no page count? Yeah. What if we gave you 100 page? Like if you really didn't have to fit this. How into, about you just write? Just write. And whatever happens, happens. happens. Yeah. And we'll make it into, you know, we'll give you four instead of 52 pages. We'll give you four issues and really go with it or like, you know, make and make it a trade paperback or something like that would be really interesting to do is do. And like I said, like make it so that. It could be someone else for uh, give us a couple red herrings. Make it so that Batman is not at the beginning of his journey and maybe not as good a detective as he's going to be once he starts being Batman for a while and give them like the world's greatest, truly the world's greatest detective against the most mysterious evil force of the 1800s. Like both of them at the height of their abilities and now pit them against each other. That would be really interesting to see. I would see this in a movie, actually. Well, there's an animated film. No, that's not what I meant. I meant like I would fully like live action this. Oh, this could be really. This would actually cool. be great with. I don't know how you could do it, but with Pattinson. Yeah, for sure. No, you could definitely do this as, with Pattinson. Honestly, I mean, I guess I they've said that they're doing. They're going to like put an Elseworld stamp on stuff, and they're going to have right. actual Elseworld stuff. You could just do Pattinson's The Batman and put an Honestly, Elseworld thing on it. That whole um, listen, I would do literally not recast anybody like Jeffrey Wright. Pattinson, Matt Reeves directing, I would have been great. You know who actually would have been a great Batman for this story? Oh, George Clooney in his prime. Pa- yeah. Mm. I really think because he's more of a playboy who doesn't know what he's doing as Batman. Yeah. Yeah. If it's he's this. more of a Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he is. 
Yeah, you're right. Actually, I, now I understand what you're saying. Yes, you're fully right. I don't know that he'd be better than Pattinson, but I think no, he'd be a good one. No, but I see one. what you're saying. If you if you adapt this just the way it is, yeah. where it's Batman, it's Bruce Wayne. It's the story of Bruce Wayne becoming Batman, coming back off the boat. And you're right. He is very much like the playboy who comes back and a got. And then because you're right, he goes to jail. And for most of this, actually, he's not Batman. Yeah. For the majority of the story, he is just Bruce Wayne. Yep. You're right. This that would have been really good. And I think Clooney also would be very good at playing into the where they're like, because there are times where they're like, are you the Batman? And you were just over there doing that thing. And Batman was over there and he could he would be very good at being like, come on me. You know, like, yeah, I, no, I'm I'm an idiot. You know, like that kind pish, of thing. Pish posh. Yeah. 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 It's like, no, I was I was over there banging uh, English broads, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Left and right. With my bat nipples and my bat credit card. Yeah. Or just him like he's in a jail cell and it's just like. Come on, Bruce. And he's like, I swear. Listen, and they're like, I'm sorry about this. He's yeah. like, ah, don't worry about it. I'll be out of here in no time. Don't worry. Right. And then he's, he has to switch it to detective yeah. mode. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Right. You're right. That would be pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I would fully see this again, like a like a loose. Ad- You're right. Like if you make him a detective, but force it to be a detective story. Like the, the, there's that terrible movie about Jack the Ripper from hell, the Johnny Depp thing. Do that, but with this Batman. So it's all you're you're right. You're forced to do 1800 science for the detective. That would be really it's interesting. Looking for footprints. Yeah. Or just. Yeah. I mean, just studying like the dead body of a hooker. And, but like there's no you're right. There's no forensics. It's just yeah. like studying these weird gouges. And yeah. yeah, he's like measuring the knife wound and stuff, trying to figure out what. Weapon yeah, it came he's from. doing all that weird shit. Yeah. Even his utility belt could be really yeah. interesting. He's pulling out all these weird like re- just. But you're right. It's Probably like, got like crumbled arsenic to throw in people's right. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just some <laughs> weird powders and shit. Yeah. Or like, in, like you're right. Measuring the thing. And it's not a cool gadget. It's literally just like the measuring thing. It's just a normal thing thing yeah you know that'd be really interesting yeah yeah that was cool all right that was fun yeah uh what do you got for me i have for you before we move on to binary c which you read right no i didn't i totally forgot can we do it next week i you sent it to me i'm sorry i totally blanked on it we can i told him it was gonna go live (laughs) our episode was gonna go live fuck i totally blew that that is so on me a hundred percent on me uh but for you for your reading assignment i have uh something that we picked up at comic-con yes this past year um tortured life from twisted comics Mm. when we were there there was this uh they called it t-pub i think was the name of the company at the time and they have since rebranded to twisted or twisted comics or something, they had about 10 different comics like trade paperbacks that they were talking. And, um, they were all trying to get me to buy this one called twisted dark. Right. That is like sort of the face of the company. And there was one person working there who was like, Hey, uh, if you like comics, um, for what it's worth, this one over here is my favorite. And so that's the one we're going to review. Maybe we'll do, Twisted Dark another time, but Tortured Life, I'm interested to read, and uh, we will review that when the time comes. 
If you remember to read it, I will remember to read it. <laughs> I remember to read the actual reading assignment. It's just that other one that you totally sent. And I was like, yes, I will read. I even looked at it. You could like, r- probably read it right now in like 20 minutes. <laughs> so late. Don't make me do I this. Won't. Yeah. Um, I really do want to read this. I, I will. I swear to God, I will. All right. All right. I'll tell you what, to, like a day before we record the next the next reading assignment, be like, be read, like this read this thing, <laughs> motherfucker. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. I'm just going to schedule an email to send you every day. You should. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. Other than that. Oh, hey, Andrew. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was an interesting response to that. I don't believe we've ever gotten that one. What? <laughs> do, do you need a second? No, I got it. Oh, hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Where can they find us? They can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, though not for much longer. Oh, really? Yeah, I got an email that said Google Podcasts is going out of business and we have to move everything over to fucking YouTube music. Oh, interesting. Which is buggy as shit and I hate it. Anyway, you can also find us yeah. on iHeartRadio, and Pandora. And you're going to have to retype your your little speech there. I am going, yeah, I'm going to have to replace Google Podcasts with, the hard part is I have to move everything over. After that, I can just delete Google Google podcasts and put in YouTube music and that's I don't have this memorized. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work for you. Well, I'm trying not to burn any calories before I have to weigh in at work. So typing is, you know, that's true. Yeah, it's an extra calorie to burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, you can also find us on SoundCloud.com slash the media lunch break. We're on Twitter, Twixer, where our handle is at media lunch break. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're on YouTube.com slash the media lunch break, where we've been putting out cool videos Check out yesterday's video, which is going to be about uh, Binary C, a comic that Chris did not read. But will read. So he says. And two weeks ago, we put out a video about the Fantastic Four, who I would cast alongside Pedro Pascal uh, as Reed Richards. And uh, spoiler alert, it's not all me playing all the roles, even though I know that's what I know. You gave me Sue Storm? Uh, no. I'm Sue Storm. You're everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, extra. Yeah, you're, uh, like double parked <laughs> for characters. <laughs> what, uh, what the fuck am I talking about? Oh, you can also find us on TikTok, where our handle is at the Media Lunch Break. We have merch on Teespring. To find that, head over to our Twixer account. It's pinned to the very top. Uh, you can also visit our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the media lunch break, where we put up videos that are unedited, like super long of us shooting the shit and talking about stuff. It's the episodes you hear, but totally unedited and with a bunch of cool and fun graphics. So check that out. Some of them, as Chris alludes to every now and then, are very much worth the price of admission. So uh, head over and check that out. That again is patreon.com slash the media lunch break. You can also send us an email at themedialunchbreak at gmail.com or visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Give us a rating and reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube. And special thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. Who holds the keys to my cheese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as Like Andrew said, as always, you can leave a uh, rating and a review, and then you can leave it right in app. It really helps people find us uh, if you leave that rating right in there. So go ahead and do that. Uh, and as always... If you leave a five-star rating, you can actually put whatever you want in the review box. It doesn't matter what you say after that. Uh, If you want to rip us a new asshole, go for it. This week, I'll tell you what. If you leave a five-star rating, if anybody knows where they can find that key to the cheese thing, 
Man, oh man, please hit us up, okay? Send us the location of any Arby's. Is there an Arby's that is still selling them? I will drive there no matter where it is. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if there's an Arby's that is still selling them and it's by you, put where that Arby's is in the review box, okay? This has been Echo and this has been... Gotham by Gaslight, and next week is going to be the best damn day of the week, the Tuesday News Day. Tuesday News Day! And then after that, it's going to be something else, and I was going to look... What you got? What you got? What you got? Nothing. I was going to ask, did you want to review Binary C next week or two weeks? Let's do next week. We told him it was going to be this week, and I fucked it up, so let me make it up for it, and we'll do it next week. We're going to be teaching a class. Yeah, in April. That's going to be fun. Yeah. None of you can go. It's like a master's... Nope. Thing. And none of you are master of anything, especially that one guy with a BA in theater. Anyway, <laughs> so fuck that guy. But you can apply. You guys can join probably if you want to spend like, yeah, I don't know, 20 grand or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. A semester. Pretty much. Take a class uh, for that one class. Yeah. Worth it. You be the judge. We'll make it worth it. We'll make it worth it. Yeah. So next week is going to be the best damn day of the week. Uh, and after that, we'll do something. That I could look at my calendar, but won't. We'll find something. Yeah, and like Argyle's coming out in February. Madam Web. Oh, yeah, that's right. Coming out in February. Yeah, I was like. On Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out by two weeks from now. All right. Um, or we won't, and it'll yeah. be like 30 minutes of just dead air. And we'll, we'll just, just talk about binary C again because we still feel bad. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, that being said, here's the thing. You can hear us trying to figure something out. So if you're out there and you're like, hey, I saw this. You guys should talk about this thing right here. Send it over to us. If you uh, have a comic and you're like, you know what? Here's your reading assignment for the both of you. Send it over to us. If you are a creator and you made a pilot or you shot a film or you wrote a comic, um, send it over to us. I just got one of those the other day. I'm going to probably make it your next reading assignment. Send it over to us. We'll check it out. I know. I know the binary C thing. I really fucked that. But I swear to God, we will do it. See, even if I we, we don't do it when we say we're going to do it, we'll still do it. Uh, and we'll point some people towards it. We'll talk about it and everything. That said, other than that, that's it. There it is, man. Look at that. We made a thing. There wasn't a thing. We made a thing. And now there's a thing. And that's how wow. easy it is. So if you're listening, go out. Make a thing. Right? Make a thing. Do it. Do it. That's it. That's all I got. Did you know? Probably not, but hit me. That Gotham Mm -hmm. spells got ham. Yes. Do you think? Yes. When they were naming the city that Batman lives in. Yes. Somebody said, hey, what should we name the city that Batman lives in? And everybody looked at a guy who was eating a sandwich and he wasn't paying attention. And he thought they were looking at his sandwich and he said, I got ham. And they were like, well, I guess it's as good as anything we're going to pick. And they wrote it down, and then over the years, it became Gotham. Do you think, mm-hmm. when they were trying to name the insane asylum, mm-hmm. Arkham, mm-hmm. I don't know what why someone would say Arkham, but mm-hmm. maybe they're trying to say, maybe they're trying to ask mm-hmm. who should play the Joker, mm-hmm. and they said, mm, Arkham, well... You know what I like? I like... When I get to watch you think of a joke literally as it's coming out of your mouth. 
So you don't actually know where it's going. <laughs> yeah. Or how it's going to end. And you kind of know where the punchline <laughs> wants to land within a two mile radius. Do you actually like that? I do. It's really a, it's a very interesting process because most people like when they think of a joke, they think about it and then they they don't. It's not as it's they're like it. They work it through and then they go. I start with a punchline. Yeah. And then you work your way back. Yeah. But also you do that while talking about it, I which do. is really interesting. So I start at the punchline. That's line. interesting because some people get the setup and they work through it while they're talking about it. And then eventually and then they, they find punch the punchline. Yes. I think that's what you do. Yes. But what You'll you start do, at something and work out what the end is going to be. Yes. I have the ending already and start right. talking before I have the beginning. Right. Should I talk to a therapist? It's very interesting to watch because you you have to think about what the beginning is. But at the same time, you start talking at the beginning. But the thought is at the end. So it's like you work your way to the middle between between <laughs> voice and thought. Yeah, it's do. very it's fascinating to watch. And I should talk to a doctor. You should, because it, at some point I'm like, is he having a breakdown of some kind? Is that what's happening? And it's it's every time you tell a joke that so at every least, time. Yeah. It's, so it's like at least four to six times an episode. I'm like, is he going to make it to the end of this? <laughs> or is he having is he going to one of these days you're going to be telling a joke and then all of a sudden, I'm going to see a little just bit of blood just come out of your nose and you're going to fall forward into the microphone. Like Eleven from Stranger Things. Exactly. Yeah. But instead of psychic powers, it's an aneurysm. 